Alright folks, uh, I'm going to continue on with part two from the book. Um, the Sound of the Silence. This is fragment two, The Two Paths. And now, O teacher of compassion, point thou the way to other men. Behold all those who, knocking for admission, await in ignorance and darkness to see the gate of the sweet law flung open. The voice of the candidates, Shalt not thou, master of thine own mercy, reveal the doctrine of the heart? Shalt thou refuse to lead thy servants unto the path of liberation? Quoth the teacher, the paths are two, the great perfections three. Six are the virtues that transform the body into the tree of knowledge. Who shall approach them? Who shall first enter them? Who shall first hear the doctrine of two paths in one, the truth unveiled about the secret heart? The law which, shunning learning, teaches wisdom, reveals a tale of woe. Alas, alas, that all men should possess a liar, be one with the great soul, and that possessing it, a liar should so little avail them. What is a liar? I don't know. All right. Behold how, like the moon reflected in the tranquil waves, a liar is reflected by the small and by the great, is mirrored in the tiniest atoms yet fails to reach the heart of all. Alas, that so few men should profit by the gift, the priceless boon of learning truth, the right perception of existing things, the knowledge of the non-existent. Saith the pupil, O teacher, what shall I do to reach to wisdom? O wise one, what to gain perfection? Search for the paths, but O Lanu, be of clean heart before thou startest on thy journey. Before thou takest thy first step, learn to discern the real from the false, the ever-fleeting from the everlasting. Learn above all to separate, to separate head learning from soul wisdom, the eye from the heart doctrine. Ye, ignorance is like unto a closed and airless vessel, the soul a bird shut up within. It warbles not, nor can it stir a feather. But the songster mute and torpid sits, and of exhaustion dies. But even ignorance is better than head learning with no soul wisdom to illuminate and guide it. The seeds of wisdom cannot sprout and grow in airless space. To live and reap experience, the mind needs breadth breadth <laughs> and depth and points to draw it towards the diamond soul seek not those points in maya's realm but soar beyond illusions search the eternal and the changeless sat mistrusting fancies false suggestions for mind is like a mirror it gathers dust while it reflects sorry my dog is uh drinking some water. It needs the gentle breezes of soul wisdom to brush away the dust of our illusions. Seek, O beginner, 
seek, O beginner, to blend thy mind and soul. Shun ignorance and likewise shun illusion. Avert thy face from world deceptions. Mistrust thy senses. They are false. But within thy body, the shrine of thy sensations, seek in the impersonal for the eternal man. And having sought him out, look inward. Thou art Buddha. Shun praise, O devotee. Praise leads to self-delusion. Thy body is not self. Thy self is in itself without a body, and either praise or blame affects it not. Self-regulation, O disciple, is like unto a lofty tower, up which a haughty fool has climbed. Thereon he sits in prideful solitude and unperceived by any but himself. False learning is rejected by the wise and scattered to the winds by the good law. Its wheel revolves for all, the humble and the proud. The doctrine of the eye is for the crowd, the doctrine of the heart for the elect. The first repeat in pride, Behold, I know. The last, they who in humbleness have garnered low confess, Thus have I heard. Hmm. It's like how Job replied, I have, I had heard. Okay. Great Sifter is the name of the heart doctrine, O disciple. The wheel, the wheel of the good law moves swiftly on. It grinds by night and day. The worthless husks it drives from out the golden grain, the refuse from the flower. The hand of karma guides the wheel. The revolutions mark the beatings of the karmic heart. True knowledge is the flower, false learning is the husk. If thou wouldst eat the bread of wisdom, thy flower thou hast to ned with Amrita's clear waters. But if thou nedest husks with Maya's dew, thou canst create but food for the black doves of death, the birds of birth, decay and sorrow. If thou art told to become Arhan, thou hast to cease to love all beings. Tell them they lie. If thou art told that to gain liberation thou hast to hate thy mother and disregard thy son, to disavow thy father and call him householder, for man and beast all pity to renounce, tell them their tongue is false. Thus teach the Tirthikas, the unbelievers. If thou art taught taught that sin is born of action and bliss of absolute inaction, then tell them that they err. Non-permanence of human action, deliverance of mind from thraldom by the cessation of sin and faults, are not for deva egos. Thus saith the doctrine of the heart. The dharma of the eye is the embodiment of the external and the non-existing, the dharma of the heart is the embodiment of bodhi, the permanent and everlasting. <clears throat> the lamp burns bright when wick and oil are clean. To make them clean, a cleaner is required. 
The flame feels not the process of the cleaning. The branches of a tree are shaken by the wind. The trunk remains unmoved. What a line. Both action and inaction may find room in thee. Thy body agitated, thy mind tranquil, thy soul as limpid as a mountain lake. Wouldst thou become a yogi of time's circle? Then, O Lanu, believe thou not that sitting in dark forests, in proud seclusion and apart from men, believe thou not that life on roots and plants, that thirst assuaged with snow from the great range, believe thou not, O devotee, that this will lead thee to the goal of final liberation. Think not that breaking bone, that rending flesh and muscle, unites thee to thy silent self. Think not that when the sins of thy gross form are conquered, O victim of thy shadows, thy duty is accomplished by nature and by man. Hmm. So, for the word shadows, our physical bodies are called shadows in the mystic schools. That's interesting. Alright, because, yeah, our soul, our self, they view as light, so the body is shadow. Okay. The blessed ones have scorned to do so. The lion of the law, the lord of mercy, perceiving the true cause of human woe, immediately forsook the sweet but selfish rest of quiet wilds. From, Ara from Aranyaka, he became the teacher of mankind. After July, July had entered the Nirvana, he preached on mount and plain and held discourses in the cities to devas, men, and gods. So kindly acts, and thou shalt reap their fruit. Inaction in a deed of mercy becomes an action in a deadly sin. Thus saith the sage, Shalt thou abstain from action? Not so shall gain not so shall gains thy soul her freedom. To reach nirvana, one must reach self-knowledge, and self-knowledge is of loving deeds the child. Have patience, candidate, as one who fears no failure, courts no success. Fix thy soul's gaze upon the star whose ray thou art, the flaming star that shines within the lightless depths of ever being, the boundless fields of the unknown. Have perseverance as one who doth forevermore endure. Thy shadows live and vanish. That which in thee shall live forever, that which in thee knows, for it is knowledge, is not of fleeting life. It is the man that was, that is, and will be, for whom the hour shall never strike. If thou wouldst reap sweet peace and rest, disciple, sow with the seeds of merit the fields of future harvests. Accept the woes of birth. Step out from sunlight into shade to make more room for others. The tears that water the per the part the tears that water the parched soil of pain and sorrow bring forth the blossoms and the fruits of karmic retribution. Out of the furnace of a man's life, 
out of the furnace of man's life and its black smoke, winged flames arise, flames purified, that soaring onward beneath the karmic eye, weave in the end the fabric glorified of the three vestures of the path. These vestures are, oh boy, Nirmanakaya Sambhogakaya and Dharmakaya, robe sublime, the sang, the shangna robe, tis true, can perch, can purchase, what? The shangna robe, tis true, can purchase light eternal. The shangna robe along gives the nirvana of destruction. It stops rebirth, but o oh, lanu, it also kills compassion. No longer can the perfect Buddhas who don the Dharmakaya glory help man's salvation. Alas, shall selves be sacrificed to self, mankind unto the wheel of units? No, O beginner, this is the open path, the way to selfish bliss shunned by the bodhisattvas of the secret heart, the Buddhas of compassion. To live to benefit mankind is the first step. To practice the six glorious virtues is the second. To don Nirmanakaya's humble robe is to forego eternal bliss for self, to help on man's salvation. To reach Nirvana's bliss but to renounce it is the supreme, the final step, the highest on renunciation's path. No, O disciple, this is the secret path selected by the Buddhas of perfection, who sacrifice the self to weaker selves. Yet, if the doctrine of the heart is too high-winged for thee, if thou needest help thyself, if thou needest help thyself, and fear and fearest to offer help to others, then thou of timid heart, be warned in time, remain. Remain content with the I doctrine of the law. Hope still, for if the secret path is unattainable this day, it is within, it is within thy reach tomorrow. Tomorrow means the following rebirth or reincarnation. Okay. Learn that no efforts, not the smallest, whether in right or wrong direction, can vanish from the world of causes. Excuse me, guys. I'm gonna drink some of my tea. Even wasted smoke remains not traceless. A harsh word uttered in past lives is not destroyed, but ever comes again. The pepper plant will not give birth to roses, nor the sweet jessamine's silver star to, to thorn or thistle turn. Thou canst create this day thy chances for thy, to, for thy morrow. In the great journey, the great journey is the whole complete cycle or existences in one round. Okay. In the great journey, causes sown each hour bear each, bear each its harvest of effects, for rigid justice rules the world. With mighty sweep of never erring action, it brings to mortals lives of weal or woe, 
the karmic progeny of all our former thoughts and deeds. Take then as much as merit hath in store for thee, O thou of patient heart. Be of good cheer and rest, content with fate. Such is thy karma, the karma of the cycle of thy birth, the destiny of those who, in their pain and sorrow, are born along with thee. Rejoice and weep from life to life, chained, chained to thy previous actions. Hmm. I wonder what the fuck I did in my previous life then. Act thou for them today, and they will act for thee tomorrow. Tis from the bud of renunciation of the self that springeth the sweet fruit of final liber liberation. To perish doomed is he who out of fear of Mara refrains from helping man, lest he should act for self. The pilgrim who would cool his weary limbs in running waters yet dares not plunge for terror of the stream, risks to succumb from heat. Inaction based on selfish fear can bear but evil fruit. The selfish devotee lives to no purpose. The man who does not go through his appointed work in life has lived in vain. Follow the wheel of life, follow the wheel of duty to race and kin, to friend and foe, and close thy mind to pleasures as to pain. Exhaust the law of karmic retribution. Gain siddhis, siddhis for thy future birth. If sun thou canst not be, then be the humble planet. Aye, if thou art debarred from flaming like the noonday sun upon the snow-capped mount of purity eternal, then choose, O neophyte, a humbler course. Point out the way, however, dimly, and lost among the host, as does the evening star to those who tread their path in darkness. Behold Mi'gmar, as in his crimson veils his eye sweeps over slumbering earth. Behold the fiery aura of the hand of Lagpa, extended in protecting love over the heads of his ascetics. Both are now servants of Nyama, left in his absence silent watchers in the night. Nyama, the sun in Tibetan astro astrology. Mi'gmar or Mars is symbolized by an eye, and Lagpa or Mercury by a hand. Hmm. Yet both in Kalpa's past were bright Nyamas, and may in future days again become two suns. This is what I'm saying. The great, the great year, the great cycle. Apparently, our sun has a sister sun. And we're starting to actually, you know, find evidence for that. So, okay. Such are the falls and rises of the karmic law in nature. Be O Lanu like them. Give light and comfort to the toiling pilgrim. And seek out him who knows still less than thou. Who in his wretched desolation sits starving for the bread of wisdom and the bread which feeds the shadow without a teacher, hope or consolation, and let him hear the law. Tell him, O candidate, that he who makes of pride and self-regard bond maidens to devotion, that he who cleaving to existence 
still lays his patience and submission to the law as a sweet flower at the feet of Shakya Tubba, becomes a Srotapati in this birth. Okay, all these Srotapati, or he who enters on the stream of Nirvana, unless he reaches the goal owing to some exceptional reasons, can rarely attain Nirvana in one birth. Usually a chela is said to begin the ascending effort in one life and end or reach it only in his seventh succeeding birth. Damn. The siddhis of perfection may loom far, far away, but the first step is taken, the stream is entered, and he may gain the eyesight of the mountain eagle, the hearing of the timid doe. Tell him, O aspirant, that true devotion may bring him back the knowledge, that knowledge which was his in former births. The deva sight and deva hearing are not obtained in one short birth. Be humble if thou wouldst attain to wisdom. Be humbler still when wisdom thou hast mastered. Be like the ocean which receives all streams and rivers. The ocean's mighty calm remains unmoved. It feels them not. Restrained by thy divine, thy lower self. Restrained by the eternal, the divine. Hmm. Restrained by thy divine, thy lower self. Restrained by the eternal, the divine. I, great is he who is the slayer of desire. Still greater he in whom the self-divine has slain the very knowledge of desire. God damn. Guard thou the lower, lest it soil the higher. The way to final freedom is within thyself. That way begins and ends outside of self. Screenshot this man, it's too good. Alright, unpraised by men and humble is the mother of all rivers in Tirtika's proud sight. Empty the human form, though filled with Amrita's sweet waters in the sight of fools. With all the birthplace of the sacred rivers is the sacred land, and he who wisdom hath is honored by all men. Arhans and sages of the boundless vision are rare as is the blossom of the Udambara tree. Arhans are born at midnight hour, together with the sacred plant of nine and seven stalks, the holy flower that opes and blooms in darkness, out of the pure dew and on the frozen bed of snow-capped heights, heights that are trodden by no sinful foot. No Arhan, O Lanu, becomes one in that birth when for the first time the soul begins to long for final liberation. Yet, O thou anxious one, no warrior volunteering fight in the fierce strife between the living and the dead, not one recruit can ever be refused the right to enter on the path that leads toward the field of battle, for either he shall win or he shall fall. Ye, if he conquers, nirvana shall be his. Before he cast his shadow off, his mortal coil, 
that pregnant cause of anguish and in and illimitable pain in him will men a great and holy buddha honor and if he falls even then he does not fall in vain the enemies he slew in the last battle will not return to life in the next birth that will be his but if thou wouldst nirvana reach or cast the prize away let not the fruit of action and inaction be thy motive O thou of dauntless heart know that the bodhisattva who lib know that the bodhisattva who liberation changes for renunciation to don the miseries of secret life is called thrice honored O thou candidate for woe throughout the cycles the path is one disciple yet in the end twofold marked are its stages by four and seven portals at one end bliss immediate and at the other bliss deferred both are of merit the reward the choice is thine the one becomes the two the open and the secret the open path is the one taught to the layman the exoteric and the generally accepted while the secret path is one the nature of which is explained at initiation okay the one becomes two the open and the secret the first one leadeth to the goal the second to self-immolation <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> when to the permanent is sacrificed the mutable the prize is thine when to the permanent is sacrificed the mutable the prize is thine the drop returneth, returneth whence it came the open path leads to the changeless change nirvana the glorious state of absoluteness the bliss past human thought thus the first path is liberation but path the second is renunciation and therefore called the path of woe the secret path leads the arhan to mental woe unspeakable, woe for the living dead and helpless pity for the men of karmic sorrow, the fruit of karma sages dare not still. Okay, so woe for the living dead. The living dead is men ignorant of the esoteric truths and wisdom are called the living dead. Oh my god. All these zombie movies. <laughs> it's because we don't get the esoteric truths and, and wisdom. It's because we've lost it. Our subconscious is like telling us. Like literally we are playing zombies in these movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For it is written. Teach to eschew all causes, the ripple of effect, as the great tidal wave, thou shalt let run its course. The open way, no sooner hast thou, reached, hast thou reached its goal, will lead thee to reject the bodhisattvic body and make thee enter the thrice glorious state of Dharmakaya, which is oblivion of the world and men forever. The secret way leads also to para-nirvanic bliss. But at the close of kalpas without number, 
Nirvanas gained and lost from boundless pity and compassion for the world of deluded mortals. But it is said, the last shall be the greatest. Samyak Sambuddha, the teacher of perfection, gave up his self for the salvation of the world by stopping at, th at the threshold of Nirvana, the pure state. Thou hast the knowledge now concerning the two ways. Thy time will come for choice, O thou of eager soul, when thou hast reached the end and passed the seven portals. Thy mind is clear, no more art thou entangled in delusive thoughts, for thou hast learned all. Unveiled stands truth and looks thee sternly in the face. Oh my God, this is beautiful. She says, this is talking, she's, this is talking about truth. She says, Sweet are the fruits of rest and liberation for the sake of self, but sweeter still the fruits of long and bitter duty. I, renunciation for the sake of others, of suffering fellow men. The Bodhisattva who has won the battle, who holds the prize, who holds the prize within his palm, yet says in his divine compassion, for others' sake, this great reward I yield, accomplishes the greater renunciation. A savior of the world is he. Behold, the goal of bliss and the long path of woe are at the furthest end. Thou canst choose either, O aspirant to sorrow, throughout the coming cycles. Om Vairapani Hum so this uh, last part, behold, the goal of bliss and the long path of woe are at the furthest end. Thou canst choose either, okay? This part and then, um, and this part, unveiled stands truth and looks thee sternly in the face. This part reminds me of uh, you know Paul when he said finish the good race or finish the race race fight the good fight and in the end we will stand eye to eye and we will receive our crowns of glory and it I think it's talking about the same thing man this is why when I read a lot of the New Testament it sounds very like all right, it sounds very esoteric. Um, it it sounds very much like Buddhism, like what the Tibetan Buddhists talk about renewing the mind and all this. It it really does feel like um, you know Paul might have known about these uh, esoteric esoteric secret teachings. I mean. Jesus himself did apparently come to him, um, so it is quite possible. So, yeah, that was part two. Um, there's part three. I might do that um, later on. All right, peace.